everybody, this is Pastor Tom and Tammy, and here we are today for another session series, actually, on Truth Talks. And we're very excited that today we have some special guests, Ricky and Monica Sotolongo. And uh, we're going to try to get right to this after we pray. So let's pray, Tammy. Would you do that? And we'll get started, okay? Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your presence and your anointing with us. And we just pray that as we talk about you and share about your love, that uh, the love that you have will just um, come come out and people will see it and hear it and feel it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, we've been talking about having this session with you all for gosh, Tammy, a couple months. And finally, everything's come together. And we're gonna sit and have probably about four discussions over the next few weeks of some things that are near and dear to your heart. So first of all, I would like for you to give us some introductions as to who you are, and what you're doing, and um, some interesting stuff you've got right there to share with us. So go ahead. Sure, I'll, I'll start, and then I'll have my wife take over. So, um, I'm Ricky Sotolongo. My wife, Monica, we're from uh, Tampa, Florida. We got some family up here, and so we've been visiting on and off. Um, it's how we got plugged in with Cornerstones, how we got plugged in with you guys. And uh, yeah, and uh, we have a, a beautiful family, and we run a, a nonprofit. Yeah, so we run a, a nonprofit in Florida called Abide to Love, um, and we've been running that since 2020. And so some of the things that we do with our nonprofit, uh, we just launched our Restore Family program, which we're super excited about. Uh, Back in the beginning, when we got our nonprofit, we began to ask Holy Spirit, just like we do with everything in our lives, what do you want to do? And the first thing he whispered into both of our hearts was redo the foster care system. And as former foster parents, um, former refugee foster parents, adoptive parents, this is something that's very close to our heart, but we never anticipated necessarily stepping into that realm. And I actually told Holy Spirit, I don't think you can reform the foster care system. (laughs) Um, Silly, silly, the things we tell the Lord. And so we began a journey and found out that in Florida, it is the only state that has the legislation to actually carry Um, an alternative to foster care where the church can step up and they can raise up licensed home study families from the church to essentially help uh, families in crisis temporarily care for their children while they get back on their feet. So we can help families stepping into prison, drug rehabs, uh, all the things where families in crisis might need a moment, mm-hmm. the church gets to be the solution. And Praise so, the Lord. Yeah. And, the, awesome. and the beautiful thing that we always say when we share with churches is that it's separate from the state, even though there's legislation that covers it and it's all under an organization and we have our own nonprofit, but it's separate from the state, which means the state can't tell us what to do, which means we don't have to water down the gospel. The gospel. Where right. in the state... It's separate, you know, um, we don't have to. And so we always say our approach is not just to help a kid. Our approach is to reach a kid, reach their family with the gospel, and then disciple them by plugging them into mm-hmm. ministry. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. Tell me, you didn't say how many kids you have. It, it just launched. Like, we got our licensing. How many oh, kids do you have? Our children. I thought you meant on our program. Yeah, yeah we yeah. actually, we have uh, eight children, five. I love to say five that came out of my belly. And three that we internationally adopted with special needs from Ukraine. And so, yeah, we have a large family in and of ourselves. So they stay with us, obviously, but 
between our history in foster care, refugee foster care, uh, we've hosted children from around the world. And so, yeah, this is something that's personal for our family. And then really Jesus made it an overflow into a nonprofit. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. What do you have with you? I have my book. Hold that up. And my (laughs) t-shirt. So this is my book, uh, Fiercely Obedient. This is actually my second book. Um, I just uh, released it while we were here in Ohio. And so uh, the 22nd, but Fiercely Obedient, Our Yes into Foster Care Adoption and the Restoration of Family. So literally the Lord invited me to write our family's testimony over the last 13 years. He had me stop in 2020, but it goes through God teaching us his heart for big family. I didn't even know that I wanted to be a mama. And then Jesus got us started on that journey. Um, And then obviously our experience with hosting, uh, foster care, refugee foster care, mission school when we went to Mexico to do mission school as a family, missions trips as a family. So it's really the testimony of our family and that journey with the Lord. Um, and then I've also written My Friend Holy Spirit, which was my first book in 2021. And I forgot to tell you to bring the books. So, it's but okay. praise the Lord, you it's had my that. shirt. Um, that's my shirt. That's Holy Spirit from the book. So, the book title is My Friend Holy Spirit. My Friend Holy Spirit. I actually have it in three languages right now. I have it in English, Spanish, and Portuguese as of now. Um, but essentially, that was birthed out of visiting an orphanage in Peru. And the Lord put on my heart, maybe you can't see all of these children adopted, but you can introduce them all to the family of God. And so my friend, Holy Spirit was birthed and it was right before COVID. So I actually thought it was going to be a tool for the gospel in the nations. And then COVID shut everything down and it became a tool for the gospel right here in the United States. And I've just gotten testimony after testimony of kids encountering Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And where can you get those books? Uh, abidetolove.org is our website, but you can also, you can go there or go straight to abidetolove.store. And we have, uh, we have them up there for, yeah. for sale. Yeah. The, this is also on Amazon. So if you have like uh, Amazon not Prime, not the shirt, the book, um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can order it and get it shipped. From you, Amazon. Right? From Amazon. Yeah. That, just the Holy Spirit book yeah. in English. Okay. So Ricky, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your ministry or uh, all of that? or yourselves. And if not, then I want to get into some scripture. And why don't you tell us where you want us, where you want to take yeah, us today? Sure. So the ministry kind of got birthed years ago. Um, God was, I'll, I'll say it like this shortly. God was really speaking to my heart about like, I was thinking about adoption and fostering, and I was thinking, you know, we can go from church to church and say, hey guys, there's a lot of orphans out there. There's a lot of kids in foster care. This is a big deal, and most churches would go, oh, yeah, that's important. We probably ought to do that. But in our experience, what we find is you either have people, very few, but people who are like gung-ho, and they're like, yeah, I think that's important. I want to get involved. Or you have people that are like, yeah, that's a big deal, but I think that y'all are like special. You have a special calling for that. And what the Holy Spirit kind of showed me is we carry this list a lot of times, people, Christians, we, we, we don't know any better, but we carry this list of this is what a Christian looks like, and we try to adhere to the list. And if we can adhere to the list, then we feel good about ourselves because, hey, I'm doing a good job. I, I go to church, you know, we, uh, we have a good marriage. So God is pleased with me, but God's not, he's not um, interested in us trying to do a lot of things for him. He wants 
communion and relationship. And so the Lord spoke to me, and he's like, don't just go, like, let's not present to churches and just give them another thing to put on a list or not put on a list, but show them, talk about my love. And if you abide in my love, as if you know my love as a father, the byproduct of that is you're going to start loving the homeless, loving your wife. Does that make sense? And so abide to love, that's what it means. I abide to become love. I don't try to follow like, oh, this is important. You need to do this. There's things that are important, but it's not like twisting, you know, com- like out of compulsion. Like right. you have to serve me. It's not a it's, box check. You know, exactly. Oh, I checked a box. I did it. Because then we think, oh, if I, you know, have you ever driven down the street, you see a homeless person, you're like, oh, maybe I should give. And then you drive by and then you feel guilty. Oh, I just ignored him. Well, that's not God. That's not God going, you have to do this. Jesus himself said, I desire mercy over sacrifice. I, I desire to love you. Just let me love you. And so that's what abide to love means. And and it's based out of John 15. So mm-hmm. if we could look at so John 15. So I want to I ask this question. What does that word abide mean to you? For me, abide means consistently staying in that place. And so abiding in the Father's love for me looks like while I'm doing dishes, while I'm talking with my children, uh, while I'm, you know, a lot of people love the shower. They're like, I hear the Lord in the shower. But really abide to love is a life. Abiding is a lifestyle of staying intimate with the Lord in every single thing that we do. So for my heart, that's what it looks like. I mean, the word abide, I think of home, uh, your dwelling place where you live, Mm -hmm. which matches what you said. It's it's where you are all the time. It's your your home. To me, that word abide is simply translated live to me. Mm -hmm. Live in love. Everything that you do should be living in love and it would be nice to say that's easy to do, but sometimes it's not easy to do. Sometimes we have to work at it. We have to be, or maybe not work, maybe work is a bad term. Maybe it's be deliberate. I'm going to be deliberate to love someone. Okay, so go ahead, Ricky. What do you, what do you got? Yeah, so when you look at John... Again, 15, what do you got? I'm sorry, when you look at, no, when you look at John 15, at first Jesus talks about, and it's a long passage, I would encourage you guys who are listening to look, read the whole passage, um, at least up through verse 17. But Jesus starts talking about being a vine. I'm the vine, you are the branches, you know, and if you abide in the vine, then you bear fruit. And then he later explains it, and he says, abide in my love. And so what he's describing or what he's talking about is my love. And it's this beautiful picture that I don't have to, I mean, I don't know if this hopefully will be liberating to some people listening, but I don't have to try my hardest to be a better person. My diligence or my, my what you were saying, being deliberate, my focus is on you love me. God, show me your love. I mean, there's so many verses, the Apostle Paul the love of Christ is beyond understanding, but then he says that I pray that you would understand the, the, how wide, how deep. Scripture literally says to know the love of Christ is to be filled with the fullness of God. There's so many verses that talk about if you love me, you will obey my commandment. Not, I can't believe, uh, do you love me? Then why aren't you obeying? No, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, man, Tom, if you love me, I form myself in you and you start doing things that you, you don't have to bite your lip. 
You're not sitting there going, oh my God, I have this struggle. Lord, help me because every day I'm trying not to get upset, but I'm getting upset. Every day I'm trying not to feel anxious, but I'm getting anxious. Every day I'm, I'm trying to cut the smokes, but I keep smoking. And it's not just bite your lip. And in fact, scripture even says it's not about like really strong discipline that doesn't really get you anywhere. It's about letting his love wash you, wash your conscience. Lord, let me understand the depths of your love. And all of a sudden, something starts forming in us because we bear fruit. And so my job as a son is, wow, God, you love me. And I, I would encourage you, like, if you've never done this, even through the day, something I do, I know it's something my wife does. Have you ever just stopped, even in the midst of like struggle, like you're just, you, you, you're just frustrated with your kids and, and you just stop and go, wow, God, you love me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son. If you, if you didn't love me, you would have never sent Christ to die for me. You sent him to die for me because of love. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Thank you for loving me. I bet you that argument will stop pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You know what I think is interesting? And, and I'm curious to hear from you both if you've encountered this. I think there's a lot of people who struggle with a, a God, a father God who loves them because they're only acquainted with an earthly father who has beat them or abused them or molested them. And I'm, I'm curious in your ministry, if you have found children that struggle with the father figure and what he is supposed to be. What, what can you tell us about that? Sure. I mean, just thinking about examples and recently when we were refugee fostering, so the kiddos are already making this whole trek across entire nations to get to our border. Then they have to live through that process. And, um, yeah, when they get to, by the time they get to us, they've already suffered so much and they're trying to, I mean, if you want to get into the depths of ministry, sometimes the, the best place for that is in the middle of your home where it's supposed to be the safe space, you know? And so these kids are coming to our home and they're recognizing that we're father figures, mother figures, um, and trying to adjust to that. And we're seeing the attitudes and the tantrums and the, I don't know you, how are you different from anybody I've encountered before? Um, and, and for us that, that really looks like a daily model. And what my husband was talking about, how do we abide in the presence of the Lord in such a way that no matter what they throw at us, whether it's an attitude, an angry word, an outburst, no matter what they throw at us, I'm at perfect peace and I'm at perfect rest and I'm actually able to respond to you in love. And I think what we've seen for us has been consistency doing that over and over and over and over again. And we actually begin to watch the layers like kind of melt off of the kids because for them, like even if there's love, it's, it's short lived, right? It's short lived, but for them to see somebody who can take in what they're giving us essentially and exchange it for what we're giving them, which is love that starts to wear on them the same way that the father says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, we've just watched the love of God in consistency, um, begin to break off some of that stuff for the so, kids. So you've seen kids that come into your home or that maybe that you've just been exposed to that actually 
maybe were pushing against that because they didn't know what it meant. And then they transformed by the time they left your care. We've actually, I'll have to say out of, we did refugee foster care for two years. We had eight children. We personally led six out of the seven out of the eight children to Jesus ourselves. Yeah. And so we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, We, we had some, I mean, we had some really challenging kids and it's a process and it's, we're not, I know we're talking about kids. We're talking about refugee kids. We're talking about orphans, but we can interview any congregation absolutely you know and realize that we all to a certain degree mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a struggle mm-hmm. and how to anything that can i mean anything that can make you question the love of god anything that can make you question the love of law will put a, a a wall up that god is not putting up but we put up and then it pre- it, it prevents us from drawing near and so we had i remember a girl really struggling and there were times her her sister was her behavior was horrific and there was times that i'm like oh you need to come downstairs now i remember one time she punched my daughter when they were supposed to be in bed and her the older sister was like looking and wanting to come and be there and i could tell I could tell why she was doing it. And I looked at her and I says, I will never hit your sister or you. So don't be afraid. That's never going to happen. And it's not because you're not my kids. I don't even hit my kid. I mean, when they were little, you, I think I believe in a little pop pop to get, you know, but I, I, and so the idea was I spoke to them. Right. And I felt like they could see that. And I remember this girl that struggles so much with behavior, the, the older sister trying to be protective. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. And I would, I, it's not like I said, look, it's okay. I know you're struggling. I know they're going through hard times, but I'm like, look, you're more than this. You're more than this. And, and I see more. And I remember she broke down. There were times she broke down. She goes, no, I'm bad. And I, I remember at church one time, taking her out because she was deliberately doing things. And my wife's like, you need to stop. And she was deliberate. And I took her outside and I, and I was like, you, you're more than this. And she goes, no, I'm not. I'm bad. And I remember having to pick her chin up and say, look in my eyes, you're more than this. And she's like, no, I'm not. I says, don't say that you are more than this. And I remember we would get phone calls out of the blue and she still calls me Papa Ricky, Papa Ricky. And it, and it melts my heart. Cause it's like, what a privilege. I, I only had two months with them, but what a privilege to engage and to show them what we see the parable of, of the prodigal son. This dude basically told his dad, forget you, give me your money and leave me alone. And he squandered it and he ridiculed the family name. And what did the father do from a, a distance ran my son, my son, put the clothes on him, give him the ring, give him the authority back, give him the identity back. I don't care. You don't need to explain it to me. This is who you are. And I love you. Slay the fat and calf. Let's throw a party. That is the father. You don't have to take on an identity, a sin identity. In fact, in Hebrews, it says in the past, the the sacrifices that the Israelites made were, were helped you prepare for ceremonies or rituals or, you know, um, the festivals purify you for that, but it says it never cleans your conscience, but the blood of Jesus makes it as if you've never sinned in his sight, pure, blameless, above reproach. He sees you, separates you as far as the east is from the west from your sin, throws your sin in a, in a sea. He calls forgetfulness. Read first Corinthians 13. Love keeps no record of wrong, but how can that be God? I keep no record, but I just don't, I keep no record. I love you. You're more than this. And I see it in you because I created you in my image. Praise and 
And that is the Father. And if you grasp that, your life is transformed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. Listen, we're going to close out this episode and this session. And I think that takes us to our next discussion. And I hope that you'll join us. And I'm excited because this is this conversation is getting heated. It's getting good. And I think uh, that's what God wants. Amen. Amen. Are you having fun, Tammy? I am. You're not saying much. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. No, no, you're not. You're not. I I did want to say one thing. Yeah, go ahead. It is Truth Talks, but it might seem weird because we have on headphones, but it's also a podcast. It is. So we're doing doing something a little new uh, in this series, and I'm excited about that. So we're getting a two for one. (laughs) So let's pray. And Uh, move forward. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity today to meet with Ricky and Monica and just listen to their hearts for children and for the Father. Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we just pray, God, as people listen to this, that they're transformed and that they have a hunger for that relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for that, and we just bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So listen, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, um, press the subscribe button, press the notification bell so that you get notified of all of the upcoming episodes and videos that we're putting out on a regular basis on Cornerstone Alive YouTube channel. God bless you. If you haven't been to the church, you don't have a church to go to, we welcome you to come and visit us and uh, uh, see what it's like. We think this is a great church, and we think we have great people, and we think God is causing us to do some great things in this city and this county, and we're going to keep doing it in the name of Jesus. God bless you, and have a great week. Mm -hmm.